In Lewis v. Baptist Health, 2023, RCAP 73, the Arkansas Court of Appeals affirmed the denial of plaintiff's attorney's continuance motion, where former counsel died of COVID-19 and the new lawyer had 18 days to respond to a summary judgment motion. Judge Gruber explained there was no showing of prejudice or an abuse of discretion in denying the request for more time in this medical malpractice case. Quote, Tina Lewis appeals the September 3, 2021 order of the Pulaski County Circuit Court denying her request to extend time to respond to summary judgment motions filed by separate appellants Peggy K. Gard, M.D., and Baptist Health, DBA Baptist Health Medical Center, Little Rock. Lewis contends on appeal that the circuit court abused its discretion in denying the requested extension because Lewis's new counsel had been unable to procure her previous counsel's complete file and had other professional obligations. While the appealed from order also granted Dr. Gard's and Baptist summary judgment motions, the merits of these motions are not on appeal. End of quote. The question presented was whether a denial of an extension motion to respond to a summary judgment motion was an abuse of discretion. Quote, On September 3rd, Lewis filed another motion to extend time requesting until September 15th to respond to the motions, setting out that additional time was needed because Proctor had been unable to procure Hudson's complete file and had other pre-existing trial obligations. That same day, the circuit court entered an order denying the requested extension and granting Appley's respective summary judgment motions. In doing so, the circuit court found that the case was a refiling of a 2016 case. The response time had already been enlarged. The experts were disclosed during discovery, and discovery was closed prior to the filing of the summary judgment motions. The circuit court made two additional findings. First, each of Lewis's experts relied on a national standard in formulating their respective opinions in violation of well-established Arkansas precedent. Second, on the record as it stood and would continue to stand, the only expert opining on causation testified that Lewis's injuries were caused because she was kept in a particular position for more than six hours, but the undisputed evidence was that Lewis was in that position for only three and a half hours. The court made clear that the most recent extension had been given so Proctor could confer with the causation expert regarding her opinion and review the depositions and notes. The circuit court then denied the motion to extend time and granted the summary judgment motions, concluding that prior to the close of discovery, Lewis had failed to produce a qualified medical witness to opine as to causation. The order then dismissed the matter with prejudice as to all remaining parties in the case. This timely appeal followed. End of quote. The Court of Appeals, in noting the propriety of summary judgment was not an issue in this appeal, turned to the question of whether there was an abuse of discretion in denying additional time to respond, but it found the argument unpersuasive. Quote, Lewis argues that the circuit court abused its discretion because the causation expert may not have reviewed documents that Hudson may have had in her possession but failed to provide that expert before the expert authored the report or was deposed. However, at the August 16 hearing, the circuit court was clear that discovery was locked and had been long before Hudson fell ill. 
Lewis then argues that the requested extension was not unreasonable, insomuch as Proctor had been only recently retained. He had to appear at a hearing six days after the death of Hudson, and ultimately Lewis was being asked to respond to summary judgment motions with new counsel with an incomplete file in 18 days. But again, the circuit court asked Proctor how much time he would need to do his due diligence. He responded, and he was given the amount of time requested. There is no indication that a greater amount of time could not have been requested at the hearing or that a greater amount of time would not have been given. The record is clear that the extension was granted solely so that Proctor could do a due diligence review of the file and then determine if he wished to proceed with the representation. As part of that review, he was to speak with the expert, which occurred, and review the file, which occurred, and then either withdraw or file a response in opposition to the motions, neither of which occurred. Finally, there is no prejudice here. The circuit court made clear at the hearing that after its scouring of the record, the only expert testimony on causation appeared to be incorrect, and that Lewis's own expert's testimonies fell short of what was required under the Arkansas Medical Malpractice Act. Lewis has provided no information or argument on appeal that the communications with the causation expert that did occur could potentially change the outcome of this matter, and Lewis did not appeal the grant of summary judgment, but only the denial of the motion to extend time. Certainly, we are sympathetic to the circumstances of this case, and we are also aware that this may appear to be a harsh result. However, the standard of review for this court on appeal is not whether the denial of an extension of time was unreasonable or the result harsh. The totality of the circumstances demonstrates that no prejudice resulted. The record reflects that the circuit court did not act improvidently, thoughtlessly, or without due consideration. We hold that the circuit court did not abuse its discretion in denying the motion to extend time. End of quote. Judge Hickson dissented, quote, The motion for summary judgment filed by the doctor was 767 pages in length. At the conclusion of the hearing, the circuit court gave the attorney 18 days to decide if he really wanted to accept representation of the case and, if he did, to file responses to the two motions for summary judgment. During that 18-day period, the new attorney repeatedly contacted the deceased attorney's office to obtain the voluminous file. He also made trips to the office in an attempt to get the file. He was unsuccessful. The new attorney contacted the expert witness for a copy of the file and was told she did not have a complete copy. The new attorney even took the extraordinary step of contacting the hospital's attorneys and requested non-privileged portions of the file. All the while, the clock was ticking. To their credit, the hospital's attorneys graciously provided a copy of the materials that they determined were not privileged. However, the opposition's materials were received just three days before the deadline to respond to the summary judgment motions, and these materials certainly did not contain the deceased attorney's seven-year work product and mental impressions necessary to respond to these sizable motions for summary judgment. Although the new attorney did eventually receive large portions of the opposition's file, he never received any portion of the deceased attorney's file. The new attorney's practice was not in a vacuum. He was involved in a multi-day criminal jury trial, which had been unexpectedly pushed back a day. Faced with all these adverse circumstances, 
the new attorney merely requested a 12-day extension to respond to the motions for summary judgment. Within six hours and without opposition or comment, the circuit court denied the extension. Summary judgment was granted and the case dismissed. After seven years of fierce litigation over substantial personal injuries allegedly sustained as a result of medical malpractice, the plaintiff's case was summarily tossed to the curb. Another victim of COVID-19. The majority of this court is of the opinion that the circuit court did not abuse its discretion. I disagree, and therefore I dissent. He did not ask for new evidence to be presented. He only asked for 12 additional days. The matter had been going on for seven years. He only asked for 12 additional days. The circuit court had the discretion to grant the 12-day motion. The circuit court did not even wait for a response from the hospital or doctor. The circuit court apparently thought about it and considered it within a six-hour window and then denied the motion and prepared and filed an order granting summary judgment. In my view, the circuit court's decision was thoughtless, improvident, and without due consideration and was a clear error of judgment. It is not the court that loses. It is not the attorney that loses. It is Tina Lewis, a real person, that loses. I would reverse. End of quote. End of decision.